first off, welcome to the show. I want to say, well, first off, welcome to the show. Congratulations on Thanks everything. Thank you Appreciate you. On everything, man. You've been killing out here. Shoes are doing great. Um, yep. boards, boards have been doing absolutely incredible. That's yep. a thing, man. Like, that is, uh, that's great, though, man. You got great ideas. You know, yeah, good. thanks. No, I appreciate it. But above and beyond the uh, the, the great ideas, which, which I thank you for, for your compliments. Um, you know, I, I do uh, I do stand on the shoulder of giants. You know what I'm saying? It's like without their support, I mean, I, you know, what I'm doing would be far less interesting. You know what I'm saying? So I got to give credit where it's where it's due. Not only the people that I collaborate with, but uh, the people that support it. You know what I mean? My thing is nothing like yours, but I love like I've I've learned a lot from watching you. And I love that you just don't budge what you do. You know, you just keep doing what you do. And instead of, like, folding to, I guess, standards or whatever people would think, you're like, no, I sell this product, and this is what it is. You know, and yeah. um, I think that I think that's awesome. You know, you don't, you don't cave in. You know, like, you don't, like, you're not like, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and do this $15 shirt. You know, it's like, right. no, like, Doing this, this is great. This is my art. This is what I'm behind, and this is what I think it's worth.
the beginning of my skateboarding career was actually even effectively the beginning of my art career, right? Because now I was always an artist, always drawing, always doodling and sketching and designing or whatever. But now, you know, my designs had a purpose and had a place, you know what I mean? And Mike Trinanti and Tony Mag and everybody at 8th Street gave me the opportunity to, you know, do my own graphics, uh, contribute graphics to the, you know, to the brand and some of the boards that were being made as well as, uh, you know, um, ad layouts and stuff. And so, you know, that that was another cool thing about 8th Street um, back in those days was the, you know, uh, they they allowed, you know, they allowed us to do that. Greg Carroll, Mike Carroll's brother, actually was riding uh, for 8th Street at that time and doing artwork and stuff as well. He taught me quite a bit um, uh, on how to lay out ads and cut rubies and, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, 8th Street actually not only gave me, gave me a start at uh, a, a skateboarding career, but uh art as well which graphics were you uh were you kind of did you have a hand in back in do you do you want to discuss any of them or not really yeah well i mean yeah, my 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 art style is definitely uh i'd like to think that it, it has improved since then um uh, <laughs> I, I did i did i did quite a few i did you know some of danny way's stuff i did dave nielsen uh david nielsen's uh pro board which was a basically a cartoon image of his face on a turtle shell because we used to call him <laughs> a turtle mostly all of my graphics um okay yeah. i remember the dope boy when that one was man i remember that voice like it was yesterday <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i did that one um the h is actually uh going to re-release that here soon that, that same shape is that the one they're doing you and uh jason rogers are doing a board over there correct um, so yeah, yeah. So there, there was an ad that they had posted with uh, me and Jason. Um, that, yeah, that, that's actually one of the one of the re-releases that's coming out. And uh, I have another one that's kind of a, a it's almost like an update to that one, where it's a, it's, it's an it's an evolution of that graphic. Um, oh, wow. That should be a, a staggered release. About that should that should release probably in the next couple of months. Oh wow. Yeah. Man. So this is this is this is the first uh, reissue that I've you know done for Eighth Street. Uh, Mag has been trying to get me to do a reissue with them for a while, and I just finally got around to it, and um, you know came up with some cool ideas that uh, made for an exciting uh, narrative. So it would be kind of ridiculous to ask you because you lived in San Diego at the time. You didn't. I mean, I'm sure you probably stayed there a lot. You didn't live at the Eighth Street house, did you? I mean, you already lived. No, no, I was there quite a bit. I was there quite a bit, but I didn't. I didn't live there. No, no. Okay. South will be funny story about that house. <laughs> I it's like we we pretty much all like lived there. We stayed there like all the time. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but I you know I, I actually lived in Oceanside at the time, but I was probably there more than uh, more than at my own house. Yeah, them days of putting everybody in the house probably. You know, I think after the Baker days, they were like, "Nah, you need to split y'all dudes up." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know that. You know, you know that more than more than anything, right? It's like, oh yeah, are a, that's, a, that's a liability for sure. And you know, yeah. the crazy thing. Did you, you ever make it out of the ancient house back in those days? No, I never made it out. I stayed at Derrick's. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So that was in PB. No, so um, the A Street house was interesting because it was in a pretty nice family neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? In uh, Scripps Ranch, San Diego, um, you know, these houses are probably, you know, upwards of a, a mil, mil and a half uh, at, at this point now. But, you know, it was crazy to see because like, all the houses are super nice, green lawns and, you know, nice cars in the driveway. 
you know, and then you'd come to the 8th Street house, and it was like the grass was all murdered and fucking stains <laughs> on the driveway. There was, like, junk and trash and broken skateboard decks in the lawn. And, oh, man, I bet you the neighbors, you know, hated hated living next door to the 8th Street house. And then Danny, you know, Danny, 16-year-old Danny Way had just gotten, a, you know, his license and got a, one of these big GMC trucks that were, like, you know, that was raised with all the, the big wheels and stuff and park it, like, right, <laughs> pulled up right in the lawn. <laughs> It was on the lawn like every time you, you know what I mean? It was, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty suspicious. Like if you drove down the street and you're looking at all the distant houses, it's like, oh, that's a nice house. Oh, that's a nice house. And then you come to the house and you're like, what the? It's WCRP. You and you posted a post a picture of uh, Tony Hawk Alley in the fence, and you're like one of the kids right there. Yep. You yep. skating with Danny back then, or you know, who did you grow up? Man, I was just a fucking skate groupie, for a fan back in those days. You know what I mean? I think uh, me and my friends that were under the under you know under the fence uh, with me, uh, well you know Hawk was launching over us. We had skated um, there from the pier in Oceanside, which is probably about, man, I want to say 20 miles. I think there was some contests and stuff uh, going on in, in some of the other bowls or whatever. We hung out all day and just, you know, watched, you know, skating. And um, Hawk was airing over the fence. And then, you know, we just kind of slid in, you know, uh, to sit under the fence while he was doing that when Grant Britt was taking photos. And, you know, no one said anything. So we just, <laughs> you know, we just uh, hung out for a while. Man, I remember, you know, as kids, it's so crazy how far you were, you know, like how far you would travel on a skateboard, man. It's it's insane to think back now, you know. I know. <laughs> 14 years old, man, you make it like 25 miles across town. You're like, how the hell? Like now, dude, it's impossible for people to get like two miles. You know, I'm, people drive. I'm saying, right? I'm yeah, people drive. my mailbox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people got a cruiser board just to go to the mailbox, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. But um, it's it's crazy to think that, man. When I, I remember when I was a kid, man, I skated from one side of town. Jackson was a huge town. And I was just excited to go skate. You know, I wanted my, my mom's like to stay with my friends, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. And I was like, well, I know if I take this one road and just keep going. And, and I swear it took me like five hours. But, yeah. <laughs> but it was one of the best nights I ever had skating. I remember it like it was yesterday, man. You know, it was like it was like I skated all that way, and, and I drive it a lot when I get home now, and it's weird to think that. Yeah, where did we find the energy to do that? I'd feel that on every muscle in my body if I were to do that these days. It's WCRP. After 8th Street, uh, so you stuck around 8th Street. I thought that was really dope. You stuck around 8th Street when everyone kind of took off. You know, like you yeah. stayed. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was dope. You know, it was like, that's uh, that's noble, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, I think it's cool. And from an outsider perspective, you know, like, I didn't think of it like, oh, uh, you know, they kind of left the dude there. I was like, well, that's dope. He makes his own mark by doing that, number one. And number two, like, no one was really, you know, everyone was kind of jumping everywhere with their friends and stuff. So it was awesome to see someone stay put, you know. And right. Like, yes. Yeah, there were, you know, there weren't really too many anchors, I guess, uh, left at, you know, at, at that point in time. And so, um, you know, I, I, 
I felt that they they needed me more than ever. You know, Mag, you know, having his world basically flipped upside down by, you know, half of his uh, team leaving uh, to form Plan B. I mean, he had to kind of feel, you know, feel from and then, you know, on, on top of that, it, it wasn't like I was on that roster, you know, at the time that they had, you know, broken apart anyway. So it was like there was a sense of, um, you know, of something to prove, uh, you know, there was a, a another sense of motivation at that point to, to, to stay and try to, you know, pick up the pieces and, and, and show how cool of a company we still were. You know what I mean? The one when Casting first came out and like, that was, uh, that was yeah. literally, that, that was a great video. Matter of fact, um, I tried to dye my hair like yours in that video. I always tell people this story. I don't think I ever got to tell you this story. I tried uh, to uh, dye my hair like yours in that video. Yeah. The long, yeah. Like the, uh, the blonde relaxed hair. Uh, and, uh yeah. We were going down. We went down to Montessi's. I was like, man, I swear to God, I was Alfonso. I was going to tell me nothing. And I put the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I put the stuff in my hair. I got down, and it burned all my hair out. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, we could both blame that on Sal. I was just trying to be like Barbier. <laughs> man, I thought I was so cool, man. I got down there to shave my head. My hair was burning. I was so pissed and embarrassed. <laughs> Dude, we all we all ran that same haircut with the you know. He shaved on the sides, long on the top, you know, relaxed yep. and died. Yep. Oh, the Seven Eleven shirt. Man, you remember the Seven Eleven shirt? We were talking about that the other day. Everyone used to rock that Seven Eleven shirt. Oh, the Eighth Street Seven Eleven? No, like the and then they had an actual Seven Eleven shirt. Like you could go and like you would get it from the Seven Eleven. Like a couple people wore it, but you guys, uh-huh. I think you made one too. But it was like it had Seven Elevens all over the print of it. I think it was oh, kind wow. of. I think it was kind of like a golf-looking shirt, but you could get them because people that worked at Seven Eleven would have them in the back. So uh, we would go and we would go and get them from in the back and just wear them to the skate park. We <laughs> were terrible fucking kids. It's WCRP. Yeah, yeah man. So um yeah man that was a really dope time and I'm with Eighth Street and stuff you know we were always talking about that and we always said man you were clearly you were one of the pioneers of street skating and vert skating and you know there wasn't a lot of all terrain guys back in the day we always make a point of that you know there wasn't a lot of guys that was like you and Danny and I mean mm-hmm. even on that level there was pretty much just you and Danny man and that's just being honest like there was there weren't too many people going toe to toe with that dude and and vert. Vert and skateboarding in itself were taking a whole different path. And you two were right, like you were right there. You know, like Caballero back foot flip on Vert, back nose work. Like, all that stuff is insane, man. Like, <laughs> if you go back and look at it right now, dude, that stuff is insane. And it's, uh, you know, like I've, you've always been one of my heroes in skateboarding, man. It's, and it's great to have you on the show. I think it's oh, awesome. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. You know, when I first started skateboarding, there was. There wasn't really a delineation between like, oh, you're a vert skater, street skater, or whatever it is. We just, you know, fell in love with skateboarding. You know what I mean? As as a as a blank canvas, and you know, whatever canvas I guess you would present, you know, would present a challenge that you know that we wanted to you know participate in. You know, from the standpoint that we were skateboarders, so you put a launch ramp in front of us. Let's see what what the possibilities are there. You could put a curb you know, a ramp, a mini ramp, very ramp, whatever it is. I mean, you know, our, our, we just appreciated the challenge of, of, of riding skateboards. I feel like there are more kids that are coming out that, you know, since they have access to, you know, 
a, a broad range of terrain. Every you know, every city has two or three skate parks. You're starting to see quite a bit of that now, where you know a kid can, you know, do a, a five forty and then turn around and do a switch three three sixty flip to no slide on something. You know, what I mean, I always I loved that. I guess you know juxtaposition. I guess as someone could call it. You're seeing someone do tricks or do, do two tricks or a trick in a line that doesn't seem like they're of the same era. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I, 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 I'm the type of skateboarder. I want to see someone do a, you know, switch 360 flip to lip slide and then turn around and do a layback grind on a quarter pipe for something that just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Where you can kind of tell that their skate education is, you know, is, is broad and diverse and expands, you know, you know, yes. Decades, you know what I mean? It makes skateboarding that much funner. You know, you're not stuck on one medium of it. Um, I learned that as I got a little older because when I first started skating, I skated a lot of transitions. You know, like I started skating in 86. There wasn't a lot to skate. No one was mm-hmm. a skate. You know, there wasn't. You didn't know your options yet because, you know, skateboarding world wasn't so big. You waited for the magazines to come out. And you're like, oh, you're probably three, four months behind by the time they got to Florida. So um, right. you weren't you were kind of limited. So we were skating a lot of what we saw, which was ramps, street ramps, mini ramps, and bowls, anything we could skateboard. And uh, I think that was a blessing to to look back and think on because it makes skateboarding fun as you get older. You're not just going to go to a ledge and be like, well, man, I can't do a you know kickflip cricket grind or can't do my can't do my flat grind trick than a ledge trick and I, or I'm done. You know, like that. It makes it right. cool. you can go skate. You know, you can go do a layback grind, and it's fun. You know, like you're not you're not so you're not so honed in on one style of skateboarding. You can literally go do a frontside grind in the park, and it feels like doing a 360 flip because it's skateboarding. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, I think it's important that people are you know figuring out the skateboard education of that. That it's all skateboarding at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, challenging yourself on that, right? I mean, you know, trying to challenge challenge your own sense of creativity to see if you can do something new or do something that's already been done before differently. You know what I'm saying? I, that's, that's what thrilled me the most about skateboarding. You know what I mean? was just, it, it just the fact, it, you know, anything artistic, any creative, you know, anything that requires creative expression, you know, whatever I've always been into. And that's the same type of energy that drew me to skateboarding. I viewed skateboarding as kind of a blank uh, canvas, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, when you presented, uh, you know, a, a, a vert ramp, a ditch, a ledge or whatever, or this rail that sits next to this bank and that sits next to this wall, it's like my mind works in that creative capacity where I'm trying to think of how I can go off the wall, onto the ledge, onto the rail, or, you know what I mean? That's, it's, yes. like, it's, it's like solving a puzzle. I'm